Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're a local, come check us out. Our website is calvary316.com, and our Sunday service is at 1030. Regardless of of whether or not you're local, uh, I do hope that you stay with me wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Stay with me over the next hour as we seek to do what we do every week, and that's deconstruct the negative perceptions that the world has of Christians by boldly, brashly, honestly, uh, just discussing today's relevant topics. Um, I'm excited about today's episode. It's been a while since we've done one of our 751-mile conversations. Uh, I'm joined right now with uh, president of his productions, my dear friend, Josh Brown. Thank you so much for being with us, brother. Zach, as always, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, uh, stoked with what God's doing uh, with the Outlaw Radio Show. And I'm stoked with what God's doing in your life. Um, yeah. The audience might not know this, but you're you're about to be a, a television star. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if they're if if anyone's yeah. aware of this, but yeah, uh, explain the unique experience that you and your family just okay. had. Okay, okay. So first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna share the standing radio joke that I've shared for almost 20 years now. And Zach, you can you can give a hearty amen when I share this joke. I truly <laughs> I, I've got the face for radio. <laughs> Yes, you do. Yes. So do I. Yes. This yep. is why we're in radio. Yeah, we can get away with it. Yeah, so my wife and I, um, some of you, maybe in a previous uh, 751 show, we talked about, uh, we lived on a farm. Like, uh, we were a quarter mile back in the woods, and I had a custom-built uh, studio on the property. Amazing. Just an amazing place. A lot of land. Uh, but with that land, there was just a ton of, of maintenance, and it was becoming more of a burden than a blessing. And so God just started speaking to us about moving. But, uh, and, you know, we, we prayed about moving all over the country. And uh, we really felt like we were supposed to stay in this area. And we recently uh, moved to the lake with about five minutes from where we were, uh, which has uh, no acreage. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, just water <laughs> in front of us, which is awesome. So our realtor, um, really sweet lady in our area, she's been, uh, she's a believer. She's been in our community for, gosh, 25 years as a realtor. She contacted my wife and I, and she was like, hey, HGTV is, is uh, taking applications for people in our area to be on this show called Lakefront Bargain Hunt. And Lisa and I were like, no, whatever. We don't, you know, we didn't really want to do it. We were, you know, we thought uh, there's probably like a thousand applications going in. We're not going to get picked. So I never filled out the application. I was like dead in the middle of a, of a really, really <laughs> insane travel time. And so uh, our realtor, Jody, just kept contacting us. You guys really need to fill us out. I think you're going to get picked. I think you're going to get picked. And so finally, Lisa and I were like, okay, we'll fill it out. We're still thinking, no, we're, we're not going to get picked. And then we, we turn in the application and HGTV, one of the, their producers contacts us and say, we want to do a Skype interview. And so they Skype interviewed Lisa and I and the kids. Um, and we, we, you know, they asked us all kinds of questions about the house and why we moved and all that kind of stuff. All said and done, man, we got picked uh, for Lakefront Bargain Hunt on HGTV. That's so funny. Yeah, they brought a crew out and they were, they were at our place for four days and we worked with uh, a producer and, and film guys and lighting guys and PAs and all kinds of stuff. It, Zach, it was so much fun. I, just, I can't believe we got to do it. It was, it was awesome. At when does when does it when does it air? Right. So I, I the producers are going to get back with us, but it sounds like they're they're thinking in the spring. Uh, it's going to air okay. in the spring. So it was in um, the spring. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, you and I are Facebook friends, but for anybody else that's interested, that that's what we were going to do. We we're just going to push it out on Facebook and say, hey, uh, here's when the show is, so everybody can uh, turn on your TV and get a good laugh. <laughs> You know, you, you mentioned Facebook right there, and I, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, we plug a lot about, um, you know, the Outlaw Radio Show and our social media footprint. The fact that you can find us, facebook.com slash the Radio Outlaw, or if you're on Twitter, our handle is at radio underscore outlaw. But could you let the, the audience, the listening audience, uh, know how they can learn more about his productions. Not a shameless plug here, but yeah, yeah. Um, how they can kind of connect because aside from our show, I mean, you produce Christian radio for guys all over the country. I mean, yeah. you do a lot. Now your your best show is obviously this one. I think our audience knows that. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. but there's a lot of cool resources that you guys have. Uh, tell people how they can learn more. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Um, yeah, we've been producing radio for predominantly Calvary chapels, churches like yours, Zach, uh, for almost 20 years. And at this point, uh, we are producing almost 80 broadcasts. Um, and uh, we're, we're not a huge company, a small team. We're about 30 people total all over the country. Um, but yeah, to learn more, you can go to hisproductions.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all those places. Um, we specialize in radio like this, long form radio and Bible teaching programs. You know, Zach, um, uh, Outlaw Radio also, for those of you listening, Outlaw Radio is also heard in a 26 minute Bible teaching format. And this this broadcast is is taken actually from worship services at Calvary 316 where where Zach is teaching the 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 body of believers, the congregation there at Calvary 316. And our team edits through that and we'll cut that that message up into to several broadcasts that, that go on the air. Uh, all over the country. And then Zach also has a two-minute broadcast that we produce. And we do this for a lot of Calvaries. We don't just work for Calvaries, though. You know, we produce for Baptist churches, uh, Presbyterian, Lutheran, uh, anybody who's really teaching the Bible. We've got Assemblies of God, um, just different churches that we work for. The other kind of new development that we're doing, Zach, is video production. So we're doing video production for mission organizations, um, for, for ministries within churches, uh, but predominantly actually full-length television. So we will take recordings, video recordings of worship services, just like we do for radio, and we'll cut that up and get that uh, prepared for broadcast on TV. And, and right now our, uh, we produce t- two TV programs for two Calvary chapels um, that are airing all over the world on online and then actual uh, TV TV stations. Uh, so So radio, video, we do web design as well. Um, not as much of that, uh, uh, but we do logo design, visual identity, that kind of thing, podcasting, kind of anything in the media realm. We just feel like God's, you know, we feel like we're deacons of media, Zach. We like to tend the tables of media. So brothers like you can, can focus on teaching the word, prayer, and ministering to the saints. We like to think of ourselves as the guys down the hall, like extended staff members that are, that are doing kind of the techie kerchunking things. So that staff people like you and worship pastors and other support pastors, uh, support teams at churches can really be be good at what they do. You know, we find a lot of churches, they are they have staff members that are wearing 20 different hats. And rather than being no really, really no excellent in, in five areas, they're sort of mediocre in, in 10. <laughs> so we want, it, we want church staff to be excellent in the places God's called them and in places where they haven't called them, if it's media, chunking kind of stuff, mechanical sort of techie things, let us do it. Let, let his productions help you. So um, yeah, we'd be now, glad to help anybody that, that needs help. Now, if you're, if, you're, if you're in the audience and you're listening to this and you're thinking, why, why is this relevant to me at all? Uh, I don't need a show produced. I'm not a pastor. I don't work for a church. The reason I wanted to bring this up right from the beginning of the show is that I know uh, I know Josh. He's my friend, and I know his heart and his vision for his productions. And again, this is not a plug for his productions because that's probably not relevant to, to much of the listening audience. The reason I'm bringing this up and wanting to highlight it is that I really do know that this is not a business for Josh, that this is absolutely 100% a ministry unto Jesus, that they see themselves as a parachurch ministry in the sense that they're partnering, coming alongside of, working with local churches uh, to get God's Word out. And so if you're listening, bring up his productions um, and, and go check them out, learn more, but pray for them. Pray for them. Pray that the Lord would continue to bless them uh, because they really are doing uh, a very cool, important, unique ministry a um, little unconventional, a bit outside of the box, but just so necessary in today's uh, day and age. Now, it's been a while since you and I have talked yeah, uh, on air. It has. And and we've done a lot with the show in the last mm-hmm. couple months since we were last together. Yeah. Um, one of the things we've done that you and I haven't had a chance to talk about on air was the interview with Kyle Strobel um, about his book, the way of the dragon or the way of the lamb. Yeah. And, um, and I just want the audience to know that that book came onto my radar, um, really from Josh. 
Josh ended up texting me from a conference, said, man, you've got you've to listen to this guy. He's speaking. He's talking about yep. this book. You bought the book. You read the book. You were chewing the book, Facebooking out quotes, yep. hitting me up. Hey, man, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. And so finally, kind of to shut you up, I was like, okay, man, I've ordered the book. I will read the book. Yep. Um, leave me alone. And then I read the book, and it was like, holy cow, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, um, this, this is almost prophetic. It, it is prophetic for today. And um and then that in conversations with you is like, well, let's see if we can get him on the on the show to talk about the book. And uh, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity here to just maybe articulate some of your thoughts about um what impacted you so much from the way of the dragon uh, or the way of the lamb. Yeah, you know, you know Zach, it was um it was a really impactful book for me because I, you know, I grew up in a Calvary Chapel church. I grew up in a church that was expositional. Um predominantly um you know, Bible teaching, verse by verse teaching. And right now, uh the season that I'm in that God's God's called our family to, we're part of an attractional church and I know you've done some episodes on on some of the the foibles or the problems that are inherent in a, in the attraction. I wasn't going to out you, man. I wasn't going to out you. What's that? Publicly, I wasn't. I wasn't going to out you publicly as no, being no. part of one of those churches. Man, I'm very. I'm. <laughs> I'm happy to be transparent because uh, you know God's really been been kind of speaking to me about about um, the good and bad in both camps. He really has. Um, but what really stood out to me, I think, with the way of the dragon and the way of the lamb is that the methodologies that churches use, so much of it is very subjective. You know, we can have opinions about what we think will work and won't work for church growth and how you conduct a worship service and how you actually teach through the Bible line upon line, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But what I'm really learning now being a part of an attractional church and, and what I really drew from the book, Way of the Dragon, Way of the Lamb, was where's the heart what what are am i am i a part of an attractional model of church just to get a bunch of numbers and like get get a church of you know a couple thousand people or whatever it may be um why would i use this sort of methodology and the heart is really the core of the issue the the hmm. heart the motivation why would i do church the way i do church if it's to truly to make jesus name famous and to expand his kingdom and to see people actually come out of darkness into light, be born again, saved, become Christians, uh, then then that that kind of tells you something about about where where you're going to be <laughs> in the end of things. Hmm. Um, if your motivation is is really just a seeker friendly model that's that's uh, lukewarm and, and watered down, um, then I, I don't think God's going to bless that. I don't think God's going to bless that, and, and I think that was part of of Kyle's point. I really do. It was it was a very, you know, th- there was a whole section where he's talking about, um, you know, the ego associated mm-hmm. with 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 pastoring and being part of the, the the pulpit and the, um, you know, the the fact that your identity becomes tied into, um, your success, um, the development of your brand. Um, you know, it just, it was it, it, in light of so many pastors that have fallen recently, mm-hmm. um, th- the book is prophetic. Like it is a warning shot. It is. Um, to all pastors, to anyone in ministry about, you know, th- that God is, God is, you know, we've gotten so focused on the results of ministry, mm-hmm. but God is more interested in, in the heart behind ministry. He's more interested in how you do things versus what results from what you've done, um, because that's it's true the to way a of point. the dragon or the way of the lamb, right? Know, and I think that's true into, to a point. Um, well, you know, let's carry that thought into yeah. our next block. There's a lot I want to talk to you about. It's it's been a lot, been a little while. Yeah, uh, we are coming up against a hard break again. I just want to share uh, Facebook.com slash. The Radio Outlaw is how you can find us, or our Twitter handle is at Radio underscore Outlaw. This is the Outlaw Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is David Guzik, and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. 
The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at blueletterbible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as blueletterbible.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm joined by our producer, dear friend, uh, Josh Brown, Josh, welcome back. So glad. Thanks for here. having me, Zach. It's always uh, always a blessing. Uh, off off air, off the record. I love this this uh, seven fifty one uh, episode because I love talking theology, culture, social things with you, Zach. I really, I don't think I've ever really told you that, but I love this. This this uh, fuels my fire, man. Because um, you and I have healthy. I think it's healthy discourse. It's conversation. We don't always agree, which I think is good. It's it, it's kind of the heart of what this show's about. Yes, and it's and it's necessary. Like in order for me to have the correct opinion, someone has to come on the show with the wrong one, and <laughs> and that's one of the, the grand things under the bus about <laughs> about having you uh, on the show. You know, one one of the one of the topics that um, that you and I have talked about, man, for years, and I think it's a yes. very relevant topic. It is. Um, and you, you and I have have kind of gone back and forth. Um, you know, it's interesting tying tying all of this together. But the way of the dragon, the way of the lamb. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the book was the friendship um, between Kyle Strubble and and Jamin Goggin. Yes, that they wrote it together, and that this was really the 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 manifestation of of you know, fireside conversations for lack Zach, of a better way. I of think phrase, you and I could friends. do that and we could put out a really good comic book series. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be, um, two clowns would have writing get, a comic book. Yeah. We would have to get like a seven year old to do all the animation because it would be about, <laughs> yeah. about that intellectual. That's as brainy as it would be. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's about as brainy. I get my son Quincy to do the, uh, to do the graphic art for our terrible comic book. Yep. <laughs> um, but, but the, it was, it was the idea of two friends. Yes. Um, having a book being produced from their own just personal conversations together about theology, about yep. ministry, ministry about experience the that they were going through. And, yep. um, and you and I have had to a degree, um, I think a similar experience just really discussing, um, you know, I know you, you called it the attractional church model. Um, other people might know it as the seeker friendly model. Right. Um, you know, and, and a lot of Calvary chapels have an aversion to that because yes. of, of how we 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 see the importance of, of teaching the Bible because of the dangers, kind of the main thing. Yeah, there are and, dangers. And then, and then you, the, well, then let me let me ask you because you kind of you're coming from this this perspective. Yes, being kind of a part of you grew up Calvary Chapel, so you yes, know that model. I do. Although your your Calvary Chapel got weird, more than um, weird, completely crazy. <laughs> so it did. <laughs> It did skew uh, your perspective. It went off the bit. rails. Yeah, it but went off the rails. I serve a, a, Calvary chapels, and I, I I have listened to probably more Calvary Chapel Bible teaching. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think I've probably listened to more Calvary Chapel Bible teaching than anyone on the face of the earth. I've listened to six um, to eight hours of Calvary Bible <laughs> teaching, literally. From different men of God all over the country for the last almost twenty years, lots of Bible wow. teaching. Yeah, so you know, you know Calvary Chapel inside and out. I do. Um, and you're you're presently in just a totally different context. It's a Wesleyan church. Yep, yep. It's it's got an entirely different uh, way of doing 
uh, in crafting a church experience. Yes. Um, you mentioned that there are dangers. In yes. It. And so I'm just kind of just opening the conversation up. What are the dangers that you see? Like, like what is? You know, I really feel like to to be very, very. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna parrot the book, the way of the dragon and the way of the lamb. I think one of the big dangers is is there's a cult of personality that can be formed in the attractional model. I think it can be centered around a very dynamic speaker, a person that has a lot of charisma. Uh, and we see a lot of that. You know, we see that both in the attractional model. You know, Zach, let's be really honest. We see that a little bit in the Calvary Chapel model. We have some very, very charismatic people. Um, I, I think there there's potential for idolatry there. I think there's potential to to uh, craft a movement that is around a, a person, around um, a person uh, not named Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a person not named Jesus. Yeah. And I I honestly, and, and I text you this. Uh, I thought the point that you made in your episode about the attractional model, particularly about people being lukewarm, or the message being watered down, or or fluffy, I, you know, I don't. I, there's all sorts of words we could use to describe it. I think that's a danger as well. Here's the, and maybe I'm getting too too far into this before you you really want to, but this is what I've learned. And I just had a meeting with my lead pastor at my church, and our what we we have a next next steps in community uh, pastor, dear men of God that love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is what I've really been able to boil down my experience um, in the two models. So. In the expositional model, Calvary Chapel started, and it was absolutely a Holy Spirit revival, okay? We're not in the midst of a revival right now. The the Jesus movement was a real revival. It's documented. Um, What I learned in the last, you know, 15 years in a Calvary Chapel, yes, that went sideways, but just a generalization in, in what I've seen in Calvary Chapels, top shelf absolutely the very best movement on the face of the earth for discipleship. There is no other better movement where I believe that God's word is is exegeted, is taught line upon line, and people are, are made to be followers of Jesus. Not converts, but followers, really disciples of Jesus. Calvary Chapel, uh, I'm going to use this term, it's the Cadillac out there in, in religious world in Christendom. Where I think that Calvary Chapel and other expositional movements may, not all, I want to be very clear, may be lacking is in evangelism, is in, is in the actual heart and soul core gospel message. Like uh, there was a man who God sent of a virgin. He lived a perfect life in obedience to God's word. He uh, uh, sacrificially gave himself faith in that actual event in history, believing that that blood sacrifice is a, is a substitution for, for the death that I deserved for, for my sins, my eternal condemnation, is how I get to heaven. That simple gospel message and, and an evangelistic presentation of that message, in some instances, in an expositional model, can be lacking. Okay, that was a lot of words, I know. In the attractional <laughs> model... It's very, very plain to me that I think, in terms of top shelf, the the very some of the very best growing churches in telling people who Jesus is, sharing the gospel truth, that message, the the, the cross message, not doctrine, not theology, not eschatology, not any any other <laughs> things, but literally. Uh, telling people about Jesus, I think that the attractional model does a very, very good job at that. On the negative side of the attractional model, I think Kyle Strobel, Jay, Jay uh, Coggins, and you, Zach, in your episode, Attractional Model, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's really, it is very weak in discipleship, in making followers of Jesus. So, well, let me, let me, go ahead. let me Sorry. dovetail on that. I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm passionate this about whole, this. No, and so am I, and and this is what makes uh, compelling radio. Um, Willow Creek yes. is the church that, you know, n- not solely, but they were one of the first real unapologetic, seeker-friendly churches. Yeah, they, Bill Heibel, he, that, he that, kind that, of invented it. He did. He did. And Andy Stanley has dovetailed off of that. Yep. He's 
kind of done his own thing, etc. Yep. But it, it comes back to Willow Creek. And one of the things that's very interesting to me, have you ever heard of the, the, the little booklet that they produced called Reveal? Uh, aware of Bill Heibel? Yeah, so let me, no. let me give you a little background context. So Willow Creek wanted, and I give them a lot of credit for this, they mm-hmm. wanted to know if their ministry model was producing um, spiritual growth. Right. Now, that's a hard thing to quantify. Right. Like, how do you measure Disciples. That? Disciples. But, but even then, just growing in a relationship and a knowledge of Jesus Christ. It, not just getting people saved, but right. helping them along a journey. Right. Um, and so they hired, no kidding, they hired an independent third party to do, they conducted a three-year case study, study of, of Willow Creek. This had questionnaires, uh, focus groups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, to their credit, they even, they, they published it. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars developing this. Right. And right. what was discovered from their own uh, study is that they were not producing any type of spiritual growth whatsoever. Mm. They were great at getting people saved and terrible at, at discipleship, at developing. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. published this, and and they ended up having, like like in the last chapter of this book, it's like 80 pages. What they found that was lacking was Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, from their own words, it was, this model gets people saved, but it doesn't develop Christians. It doesn't develop healthy Christians. And one of the things that to me um, is dangerous is just because maybe this is my context from the Bible Belt, because mm-hmm. you walk around the South and and everybody and their brothers are Christian, <laughs> yeah. but they're not Christians. Like, I, yeah, I, you know, back at my great granddaddy's church, I raised my hand. I came down, gave my life to Jesus and was baptized. And he hadn't walked since. Like, right. convert, but not actually a Christian. Right. Like, no fruit, no development. There's no evidence of life, which right. is what we look for. Right. And so and so the, the, the danger is, okay, you might have, because the attractional church model, they hail conversion numbers, conversion rates. We're getting people saved, and that's a good right. thing. Ends justify the means. Without ever really stepping back and saying, well, what are we getting, what, what are we converting people to? Mm. Like, what's mm-hmm. the evidence of growth? And, and we're running against a hard break, but, but I want to pick up that thought because... Uh, An interesting study just came out about Christians, evangelicals, and their beliefs. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, don't go anywhere. Zach and I will be back in just a moment to talk more about the expositional and attractional church models uh, that we see present in our culture today. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today, Zach and I are talking about the attractional church model and the expositional church model. Hey, this is Josh. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Thanks for joining us for that first half of the episode. Uh, This is the beginning of part two. Zach and I are 751 miles. You know what, Zach? I just realized we have to update that. I know. Because the I know, studio, but we can't. Yeah, we've we've we already can't. branded we've it. We've already branded we it. Can't. But at any rate, we it's are roughly, roughly, yes, roughly. we're roughly seven hundred and fifty-one <laughs> miles away. Zach is in Georgia. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in uh, very, 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 very southern northern uh, southern Michigan, northern Indiana. Today, we're talking about the attractional church model and the expositional church model, and the the good fruit and bad fruit on both sides. What's culture uh, saying about both of these movements? What are some of the studies behind it? Um, how does it affect us as believers in the church? Zach, uh, I'm going to turn things over to you. You were you were talking right before we left the first half. I was so the question that that I, I think the provocative question that I brought up in the episode that I did a, a few weeks ago um, on the attract I called it the attractional church fraud um, right. is great conversion rates, mm-hmm. but what are we converting people to? Right, like you know, are, you know, is uh, if you don't present the whole gospel. And you water it down because you don't want to offend people. And let's be real. The true gospel is offensive. Yes. There is an aspect to it that is offensive. And yet the attractional church model downplays those elements. Not talking about sin or hell or judgment or any of the things that, that, that pop our balloon. If you're not presenting the truth of the gospel, are you 
presenting the gospel. And if you're not presenting the gospel, right? What are people actually converting to? And I think that that's, um, you know, a, a very relevant question. And and stats. I, did you see the report? I'm going to do an episode on this uh, soon, so I'm, I'm going to kind of shelve all the statistics. But there was there was a, a full study done, right, about the beliefs of evangelicals, and almost all evangelicals have some some form of of, of a heretical belief about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, um, yeah. The Bible. Like we're itself. beginning to see we're beginning to see the fruit of not teaching the Bible. Right. And um and I just think that's that's the danger, um, the inherent danger. I think um, you're right. I th- I think you're right, but I also think that there's probably levels of that. You know, I think you're gonna find I think that's fair. I think that's you're gonna fair. find attractional models out there where, where that's true. Uh, again, I'm think I'm super thankful. At least in in the attractional church that I'm a part of, my pastor when he shares the gospel, he always talks about this separation and this chasm between man and God. There's a consequence. Sin is spoken of, you know, and the, and that God God's provision for the penalty of sin is coming through Jesus alone. Our pastor shared that this past Sunday, and we actually saw some people come to Christ. It was so cool. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, uh, to see people say, but you know, I agree with you. I, I think in, in probably some of the more hardcore extremes of the attractional model, uh, it, the, the, the really good question is, is the gospel being presented? Is there, uh, is that actually happening? Um, and again, I'm thankful at least in my context that, that I know that it is. I think, I think, uh, and a little bit of an amendment needs to be made here. Um, one yeah. of my grand pet peeves, and this is just not even about Christianity, um, is when is when people brush with broad strokes. Yeah, and we generalizations. We, we lump every we lump everyone into into categories. We love to yeah. do that. The world loves um, it. Loves it when Christians do that. You know, because it right. discounts what we're actually saying when we kind of fight amongst each other. You know, they 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 look at us, and I I think they make fun <laughs> uh, in a way that's that's probably kind of true. You know, there are people that have criticisms about about Calvary Chapel. Sure. And yet and yet that's that's unfair to my Calvary Chapel. Right. Uh, first we're not even called Calvary Chapel. Right. We're Calvary three sixteen, because we're on Highway three sixteen. Right. And there's some kind of cool three sixteen verses in the Bible. Yeah. Um it's a play on words. You you've been to my church. I have. Yep. We are we are radically different. Yes. From the vast majority of Calvary chapels and the way that um, even just our, our fundamental church culture is, um, oh. I won't get into the specifics Z- of that. So- Zach, you know that part of, part of uh, what I do for his productions is I go to every, pretty much every single Calvary chapel uh, pastors conference in the country and Calvary's are drastically different, different from place to place. They really are. I mean, the fundamental truths of, of expository teaching and, and what I would call for the most part, not always contemporary worship those are two pillars that you see in Calvary Chapel, but there's differences. I mean, there's differences. I mean, right. I think I and think so it's I'm, a good point you've made. I'm wanting to be fair, yeah, uh, to the attractional church model yeah. in the sense that you know there's not a seeker friendly denomination right. um, you know, that, that, that doesn't <laughs> right. exist. Right. This is more of a of a description um, that gets attributed to a church yes. based on some methodologies that are employed. Yep. Um, yep. To reach to reach the lost, yes. Um, I think some of my perspective gets skewed on this, and I I can admit it, um, because of Andy Stanley. Sure, uh, Andy Stanley's He's in your in my backyard. backyard. Yeah, yeah. He's in not just not just yep. as you know is North Point in Atlanta, and then Buckhead Church is there, right. but they've got Athens Church, you know, down. The How street. far is Athens from you, Zach? Uh, Athens is about. 25 minutes so 25 so minutes from you you have an andy stanley connexus campus uh from yes, where your church full, is located full video the, sure you know they bought a shop they didn't plant a church they right. bought a shopping center yeah spent i think something like 10 million dollars renovating it oh just just 10 million all, that's all <laughs> <laughs> just the, and then they did a three million dollar um, advertisement campaign called wow. Athens We Love You to wow. launch the church. There wow. was actually um, a Calvary Chapel um, 
right next door to where they moved in that had been there for about 20 years. Oh, wow. And um, within a year after that church opening, they ended up shuttering uh, their doors, closing their doors, mm. and, and folding up. After 20 years of ministry, um, they wow. just couldn't compete. And you yeah. can't compete with the the big box. You know, I always I always used to say that, um, you know, the the flaw is that you know the church. There's no way the church could ever compete with the world. You know, mm. we can't do lighting the way that the world can. You can't do sound the way that the world. You can't do music like the way that the world or drama. You know, it's a it's a kind of a, a watered down, uh, cheesy Christian version of it. Uh, you go to a Dave Matthews con- concert and you're like, "Wow!" Now, there's no way the church can do See, that. See, I contend with that thinking. Uh, you know, Andy be- Stanley can do it. He's done it. You can too. <laughs> See, I I think yeah, well, I think that that's the one of the production is unbelievable. And the production, I think the production, I think the church needs to, and I don't say compete with the world. But I, I believe that the church, in terms of the excellence in the way that they conduct themselves in worship services, needs to be first to the body of believers that are right there. Zach, you and I have had this conversation before. You know, a big, high production uh, worship service at Calvary 316, it's not going to fly. Your constituents, <laughs> let's just call them that, your constituents, your <laughs> congregation, that's not going to minister to them. That's not going to meet their needs as disciples and followers of Jesus. It just isn't. In fact, it'd probably be a turnoff to, to those folks. Um, but I, I think it's important that we, we balance that kind of thinking with, with a desire for excellence, not in competition with the world, but in the face of the world to say, say you know what? We're going to play and, and, and produce and do things to the utmost of our capabilities uh, for God's kingdom, not not to be like the world and not to compete with them, but for Him, actually for Jesus. I uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. Could not agree more, honestly. About you know, you visit some churches, it's heart, and, and well, and and there's we represent Christ, yeah, and there should be an excellence in in what we do from the pulpit, from what we do from a church stage. Um, we're entrusted with God's people to yes. minister to them, to serve them. Um, I hate that. I hate the title, you know, church gathering. Right. I don't know if your church does that or not. If it, no. you know, at ten thirty, we have our Sunday morning church gathering. It's not a church gathering; it's a church service. Like mm-hmm. the church is coming to be served mm. um, by what happens at the pulpit from the worship. Like, yes, we have gathered, but that's such a a, a bottom line description. Um, because it's so much more than a gathering. Um, something's happening, and there to serve needs to be done with excellence. But and this will segue to our our next block. Um, Andy Stanley now um, is kind of taking the mask off and coming out unapologetically, saying, "Yeah, we don't even need the Old Testament." Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we're we're not just not teaching the Bible; we're discounting half the book. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever-growing, hostile world. Once again, you can learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries by visiting rzim.org. That's rzim.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm joined by my dear friend Josh Brown, his productions, our producer. We were having what we what we affectionately call a 751 mile conversation. It's the distance between uh, my studio and his. Um, and and again, just talking about things that we find interesting, things that we're chewing on. Really, these are the conversations that Josh and I have um, off air, off the microphone. Them, yep. Yeah, and we're just putting them on because. Uh, hopefully you find it to be refreshing. Uh, we're talking about the attractional church model. We're talking about the, the seeker-friendly church model. And we don't want to, you know, brush too broadly, um, nor are we really going to reach a whole lot of conclusions here. We're just chewing on 
some of the various angles of this particular topic. And, thinking and out I, loud. Thinking out loud. And this conversation will continue yeah. um, because it's relevant. I, I've, jo- I've joked around with Josh that I could never be seeker-friendly because I'm not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm not, I'm just not a friendly person. Um, it's impossible. Like, and nor am I attract attractive. Um, so it's hard to. It's it's. I gotta stay in my lane. Um, oh man, I can't. I can't be part of it, an attractional church model when you have this face. And really, it's something you need to pray about, Joshua. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that you need to. That's the thing. I just tell him keep the lights really dim. It'll be okay. <laughs> keep them just really dim. A lot of smoke. I'll be fine as long as they don't see me and I just sing and play. I'll be all right. <laughs> so this episode will be airing uh, towards mid to end November. So if you're listening, yes. uh, this is about the time frame that we're in, and um, and as a result, I am while people are listening literally T minus and counting, um, to have a little one. Uh, my wife, as I've mentioned is pregnant. Uh, we're going to have a little girl. Her name is Mabel and we're excited about it. And if you're listening, please pray because for all, you know, we're at the hospital right now, uh, in delivery, um, it could happen with the, it, it can happen. And, and man, keep us in prayer <laughs> with the few minutes that we have left, just kind of on a, on a personal angle. So <clears throat> I've got two little boys. Yes. Um, my life for the last seven years um, has uh, been dominated by two little boys, Quincy yeah. and Theodore. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Jess and I have, have reached a point where we feel like we've got a, a decent handle on how to be a parent to little boys. I feel like I've got a decent grasp on what my role is in their lives as dad, dad to boys. Yeah. This is all about to change for me. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little girl. My dad always joked around. <laughs> uh, so I'm the firstborn. Um, and my sister came 18 months later. And my dad always, always said that, that he really didn't become a father until my, <laughs> my sister was born. <laughs> it's like, well, thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. Um, Sandy has been very was... open about his love for his daughter. I, uh, <laughs> that's true. Yes. Now, I will say, I will say this, though. Um, um, we, all, we all deep down knew, but we always, in my family growing up, um, had this sneaking suspicion that we were... Um, not the favorite that that my <laughs> I mean, she, he called her his his princess right we were never of course princes. he did of course it, it he was did a princess um I, i've you know but it was always in the back of our minds and it was never articulated that natalie was the favorite though we knew it deep down and so i've kind of taken a different strategy <laughs> okay um, i've sat both of my boys down and i've just said i just i don't ever want you to think or believe or have a suspicion that dad loves Mabel more than you. Um, I just want you to know it right now. Yeah. Up front. Uh, uh, yeah. Just that, get it out. That I, I will love your sister more than you. Yes. And, um, and just, you, you just, just have to live to with that. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just, just transparent, radical parenting, transparency. Yes. yes, yes. I have a favorite and she's not even born yet. Anyway, to my point, <laughs> you brother, Yes. You've got boys and you've got girls. I've got two boys, two and, girls. That's right. And I'm going to shut up for a minute and I need you to explain to me or prep <laughs> me um, for how my life is about to radically change. Yes. Um, I need some counsel, some advice. Yes. I am, uh, I'm about to get out of the Mars rover and step onto a foreign planet. Yes. No, and it, it, it is another world. In. No, it, yes. it's, a, it's another world. Well, I, I could tell you this. With boys, it's really simple. You know, you're going to wrestle just pretty much all the time. You're going to be leapt upon from any angle, from high places. It doesn't matter. The boys will, they're kind of like little capuchin monkeys. They'll just, they're just, they're just constantly thrashing you, you know? Um, And my boys (laughs) were like that, you know, just ornery. Uh, But I didn't think too much about my boys. in terms of, of life, like I just look at them and I think, you know, they're just, they're just going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to teach them God's word. I'm going to teach them how to be men. I'm not going to teach them how to be boys. Cause I already know how to do that. 
Um, they're only going to be boys for 17, 18 years. I need to teach them how to be a man. So that to me Amen. came, it came kind of easy, you know? Um, but when my girls came, uh, the, the big, the big thing for me, Zach is I'm a man, right? So I know what I am and what all the other men in the world are. I know what we are. We're disgusting <laughs> pigs. We're pigs. We're, we're disgusting pigs. Right. And, yeah, and so I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, before I knew Jesus, just uh, my antics, we'll call them, my antics with the, the, the female um, species. And every fiber within me, when my first daughter Lily was born, it was like boiling lava inside. I'm like, I just want to start killing them now. <laughs> I'm preemptively killing the boys that I know are going to be knocking on my door, wanting to to even talk with my daughter. So I am I am definitely Zach in that camp where I want the girls to wear parkas. I want them to stay with me till they're 35 ish. Um, I do have plenty of guns, and I did have acreage where I could bury a body if if I had to. <laughs> so, uh, all of those jokes but I'll, I'll tell you what my oldest daughter lily right now she's 14 and and one of the biggest things that we're dealing with my wife and i together uh, i'll tell you the first thing i would tell you is that you and your wife need to be together you need to be one you need to be unified in how you're going to parent if there's even a small amount of deviation with your daughters uh let's just face it girls women they're smarter than us they really are they're going to smell that a mile away. So I'm thankful my wife and I are on the same page. And one of the things that we're really, really working with my daughter with is what does dress look like in the face of culture and, and specifically modesty? Right. And I'm talking very uh, pragmatic uh, clothes. So skinny jeans, yoga pants, maybe I'm going to be stepping on some toes here on this show, but at my house, <laughs> at my house, nope, not happening. My, when, my, when my daughter comes down and, and, I, and I see a, a midriff shirt or I see clothing that I think is too snug, I know what kind of thoughts that that triggers in a man, even as wrong as he is in, in that thinking process. Yeah. I will tell my daughter, honey, you just don't know. And I need you to trust me. I love you. And dad is doing everything I can to protect you from, from the horrors of, of this fallen world. That's so my you would job. Say the, you would say the difference... Um, boys and girls being dad is there's a there's a measure with your sons where your job is not to protect them it's to prepare them well but with said a little girl with a little girl i mean your job is to protect them and to love them and to nurture them yeah um tooth and nail man yes prepare my boys the, protect my daughters that's i, and the, I, I and think the heart, it's a great way and the heart, man. I mean, yeah. I look at the way that my wife sees my boys. Yes. Uh, it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm really interested and excited about the opportunity to to have a little girl. And, you know, there a lot of what we've said in this block is, has been, been in jest and comical. But yes. it really is, you know, like I'm, I'm going to protect this, this future bride. <laughs> you know, yes. like it's just a, it's a gnarly thing. Every fiber in hey, your being, <laughs> every fiber. Well, hey, thanks for being on the show. We'll do uh, this. Thanks again. for having me, Zach. As always, no doubt, no doubt. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach. So glad that you were with us. If you like what you heard, I want to encourage you to do two things. First, contact your local Christian radio station and just tell them a you're thankful that they have this show on their air and that they exist. Uh, radio can be a thankless job. This is a ministry for most of these individuals. They're not making a lot of money doing it. Um, and so just call and say thank you. It goes a long way, trust me. Yep. Second thing I want you to do is to visit our website. Our website is outlawradio.org. From the site, you can easily access our podcast. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can listen again to this episode in its entirety, and you can listen to all previous episodes. Uh, once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. 
As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.